All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're listening to the Jason Greger Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca, your digital home for online gaming excitement, including casino, live dealer, lottery instance, and sport betting. Sign up today at PlayAlberta.ca. Studio and uh, Laurie, and a few things I want to touch on uh, today. Um, obviously, this will be right in your wheelhouse, of course. Uh, well, you told me the number; I didn't know the number. But uh, 147 days, of course, uh, an Olympian would know that. 147 days till the Olympics yes. from now, right? So just under six months. Yep. And w- when you look at it, like a lot of athletes still don't know if they're going to the Olympics. Is that good? Like, can you, is, is looking that far out good or are they more focused? I know you have to qualify, right? In all different disciplines now, but there are some disciplines that you can qualify, but depending on how many spots are available, you still don't make it. So what are you still won't know if you're going to make it or not? So how does, how does that psyche work when you're under six months and you're still like, geez, I'm not sure I'm going yet. Exactly. It's a huge thought. It's a big thought that goes through your mind because it's also part and parcel of the preparation because you've mapped it out. You know about a good nine months, if not 12 months, what it's looking like, the qualification process, because that has to be set out. And then all of your planning and your preparation is set for that. Now, here's the interesting thing. Going into the 2004 Athens Olympics, my coach told me I was going to have two peaks, one at the Games, and then that was August, and then the end of May... I was going to have my first peak. Yeah. Really? You can only have one peak in a year. Like you can have so only one. So how can you have tr- two then? 
well, I just bought into the idea. Oh. So this is also something that you have to think about too, right? As you're working with your team, as you're working with your coach, as you're getting out to the events, maybe World Cups, uh, Grand Prix, whatever the events are, and setting it up. And you really literally have to work it backwards. You also have to work the emotions backwards. You have to work the thinking going, okay, we work it in chunks and segments. You, You can't look at the Olympics when... You don't even know who's qualifying. There may be two spots. There may be four, you know, athletes going for those two spots, or there may only be one spot. And sometimes it's only one spot. Now, I know in cycling, sometimes what they do is they double up the riders for like one rider for two events. So Mm -hmm. multi-sport, multi-discipline. But then you also have to think about going, okay, what does my thinking need to be? Where does my head have to be? And what am I looking for? Because you don't want to get too far ahead where you lose track, you lose sight of what's the goal. Number one is to qualify, secure that spot. And then you got to go and, and do that mental dump, go and celebrate, you know, do whatever it is that you, you need to do. And then you have to do that reset and come back and go, all right. We're looking for the next milestone. So it's always brought into chunks of, of going, where do I need to look? And you break it down into, into segments. So he told you you're going to have two peaks and you're like, okay, I believe him. Um, did he tell you after the fact why he said May? Was there something about May? Well, May was the world championships. So that was, that was, that was the defining moment is there's, there was 22 women. But they're only taking, I think it was 12. You had the world championships in May in the same year, the Olympics? Yeah. And that was they part of the qualifier. That? I'm not really sure. I, oh. I was trying to check mm. out what the yeah. cycling process was. But to get to the World Championship. It's odd to have both, doesn't it? Um, for cycling, no. Uh, okay. Worlds is every year. Yeah, I knew that. If it's post-Olympics, it's the major event. Because it'll go. Oh, maybe that's what it's the ones that happen after the Olympics. They already don't do it. Okay, that would because then you have Commonwealth two two years later. Right. Pan Am's three. Okay. And then Olympics is the four year cycle. Okay. So yeah. So. I mean, I bu- I just bought into the idea yeah. going, okay, here's the training. But I could see it, and it was going up the mountain to the pinnacle, being the Olympic Games. And it's like you had four World Cups. I attended three of them because it's based on points. Yeah. And then if you can get into the World Championships, and then the World Championships is a selection for the Olympic Games. It was back then. Yeah. Now, I know that a lot of the – um, you know, the, the sports, they, they, you know, some of them are just based on time, right? You have to reach a certain time and that gets you in and then it varies. The, you know, less than five months now, like it seems like a short time, but it also can seem like an excruciatingly long time because uh, your mind can start playing tricks. You know, you know, oh, geez, like I'm not going to be ready or I'm, I'm going to, you know, uh, because I know you, like how do you, everybody talks about wanting to be your best at the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Easier said than done. Right. So what do athletes, because a lot of them talk about the experience of the first time going and they learn from it. You know, some of the great ones are able to win right away, but it's pretty low in any sport, Um, especially because a lot of athletes are younger. Then they just get stronger and better four years later. But what was the one thing, having gone through it, that allows you to be as close to your peak? Nothing ever guarantees that on race day you'll be 100 percent your best. But like, how do you time it so you can be theoretically at your best, leading into that two-week Olympic? All of it is leading up into the preparation for the Olympic Games. And what I did was we took each 
like the world championships and the leading up into it was getting mentally prepared as well as physically prepared. I was also working full time as well. But then before that, it was leading up into the World Cups. Um, you're always using those events as your pre-trial run of what am I doing and then how did it work? Taking a look at it. What do I need to adjust? What do I need to change? What do I need to completely get rid of and, and replace with something? Um, I was always thinking about because I had to work, we worked my training schedule around the work. So I was training before work. I was training after work. We had double trainings on the weekend. Um, the joke was I used to go to work to rest because I sat, which was great because I could give my legs a rest. I was also thinking about what it was that I wanted to be doing when I was on the bike or when I was in the gym. And it's just you've got to think about what is it that you want to accomplish and be in those moments when you're at the events in preparation for it and then execute it when you're there and just go, okay, this is the Olympics. I mean, we've talked about it before, like with spec, a little different in cycling than it is with NHL. Right. Um, but you're always trying to figure out what is the best combination? What do I need? You know, what do I need food-wise, uh, rest-wise? Where's the equipment? Do I have all of my equipment? You know, we traveled with two bikes. We traveled with a set of rollers. We had extra wheels. We had extra uh, tires, thank goodness, right? You know, you blow a tire and, and you got to glue them on. They take 24 hours. Um, then you got to use your training wheels. So what are you doing? And you think about all of those scenarios of... Now, does each... Do you... Would you change your own tires? You do have like a mechanic who does that for you. Well, sometimes I had a mechanic and sometimes I was the mechanic. Oh. Um, it all depend on what the event was. Sometimes we had the support. Like at lot. the Olympics, I assumed you had a mechanic. Uh, I had a coach who was also a mechanic. Ah, okay. Uh, but typically I did all my, my own mechanics. I had one set of racing wheels. I had my training wheels. The unfortunate part was setting up in the semifinals. I had both of my disc wheel, racing wheels, tires blow which meant I was out a set of wheels because it takes 24 hours for the glue to set. Otherwise, you roll the tire off, which is, is catastrophic. And I went, oh, crap, now what do I do? And sometimes this is part of the scenario and part of the preparation is thinking about what am I going to do if this happens? Right. What am I going to do if that happens? I never even considered what would happen if my training wheels were the only set of wheels that I had if, if, my, training, if, if my racing wheels blew up, like if I blew a tire. I didn't blow one of them. I blew both of them, the front and the back. And I'm going. How'd you blow your tire? Um, well, I found out there was only one uh, sewing on the inside where there should have been two sewings because there's a case around the tire of oh, silk. Okay. And so it was basically a, 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 like malf a malfunction. Yeah, lemon of a yeah. thing. Now, now, I want to get away from the Olympics for a second just because we just had the Scotties. And of course, now the Briar comes up. And Curly, you know, we, we, you know what? Uh, there's obviously a lot of pressure. It's a team sport that has a lot of individualism inside the team sport, right? Like when you're throwing your rock, yes, you know what? Uh, they'll help you. Okay. We we'll want you to aim here and we'll help you sweep a bit, but you still as the thrower have a lot of pressure on you, especially the skip. Cause there's way more rocks and it's, you know, it's late in the end. You can't salvage it, all those sorts of things. Um, when you watch curling, I, I know you've worked with some, some curlers, how different, if any, is the mental preparation in a sport like that? Cause like in, in hockey, a lot of it's reaction time. Like you just got to make a, a millisecond decision. In curling, sometimes you're like, you got a lot of time, you know, and sometimes time can be your enemy, right, where you overthink, right? So is it different? For, like it's got to be different preparing for that sport than it is like, 
you know, football or where there's a lot of just instant, I got to make a right decision right now. It is like in hockey in football in soccer, you've done the training, you've done the drills so that it becomes automatic so that you're not thinking you're responding versus having to react so that it, it does come automatic in curling You've got to figure out what it is that you need while you're waiting so you don't blow the energy bank, literally. Mm-hmm. And it's got to be a reset every time. Like when you get the rock and it's your turn, you're in position and you're ready to unleash the rock. Not too hard, not too slow, so. but just yeah. right. Uh-huh. And it's got to be the right way. It's what am I thinking? And again, it's part and parcel of doing this beforehand. So it's preparing, but then it's controlling the energy while you're waiting and that is the biggest game is what do i need to do yeah the controlling your energy i find is an interesting one right like in in a physical sport you don't want to let your emotions get the best of you but at the same time like if you're you can just run out sometimes in hockey and just and hit someone and be like okay i'm in the game right Mm -hmm. in curling though you've got a how much is breathing oh it's everything it's everything it's the same thing even when you're sitting as a hockey player like you're on the bench, you're waiting, you've got, again, to control it. It's in a different way because you've got a shift to go out and do. In curling, there's a lot of waiting and watching. And what are you doing with the mindset is, are you thinking about, okay, if I was in this position, what would I be doing? How would I be throwing the rock here? How would I be sweeping it, right? What am I seeing from this end versus the throwing end? And it's, you know, even in cycling, it was one of the hardest things. What are you doing in between the heats? You're waiting. Sometimes you've got 20 minutes. Sometimes you've got five minutes. Sometimes you've got three minutes to reset. And that what you're doing is so vital and important. You prepare, you do that, you practice it in practice and in training so that when it comes to game time, boom, then you know what you're doing. How can I do this better? Where do I need to be? If I've got the elevated heart rate, what do I need need to do to bring it down? Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. 
Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I like the uh, the mental side of it for sure because, uh, you know, it's it's not something, honestly, when, no, I was never an elite athlete by any stretch of the imagination, but, you know, played sports at a decent level and none of that stuff was ever talked about. So I have, I have a texter wandering in. When do you think... Lori, how would you know if your young son or daughter is ready to learn the mental side of athletics? I think they're ready at any point. It's how we as adults would approach it. Okay. And if you approach it like a game, hey, if you were in this situation, how would you do it? Mm -hmm. Or if you had two opportunities to do this situation, what would A be and what would the B be? What are the two scenarios? How would you come up with it? Let's play a game, right? A friend of mine, he built a rink for his kids. They took milk jugs, empty milk jugs, filled them with water and did them with the color red and yellow. Right. And that was their rocks. Right. They yeah. made it a game. Mm-hmm. But it, but if you make it, if you make it a game, the kids go, oh, and they've seen that situation at least once in their mind. And then if they go out and do it, They've already had that experience, even though it may not be physical. I like it. Lorianne, great stuff. Uh, have yourself a fantastic weekend. It'll be uh, 140 days to the Olympics when I talk to you next. You betcha. Have a good weekend.